Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. And a big welcome back to the Sporting Capital on this Thursday night. Damien Watson in the chair, filling in for Sammy Hargraves tonight. Just quickly, a live score update from the NBL. It's 63 apiece. The Cairns Taipans have fought back. We've just started the last period in that encounter. Melbourne United, 63. Now trailing Cairns, 65, who have hit the front. So we'll keep you up to date with that result there. Earlier on this evening, South East Melbourne, they defeated the New Zealand Breakers quite convincingly in the end and against the odds to 99 to 77. Now, Rick Mild, of course, was on with us just before with his sporting collectibles. He's asked me to send out his number. If you have any other sporting collectible inquiries or any offers, 0418-339-103. Michael from Reservoir, I noticed your question came in just before the break. So if you want to give him a call, feel free to do so to have that question answered around the West Torrens team in the SAFL, 0418-339-103. Time to turn our attention now to the English Premier League, and there's been plenty of midweek action, a bit of controversy too, particularly in relation to the clash between Manchester United and Tottenham. Joining me on the line direct from the UK is BBC broadcaster Chris Coles. Welcome to you again, Chris. Hello, Damien. Nice to be with you as always. Thanks very much, because I know we've used you twice in a week, so I have to start giving you an invoice, Chris. Uh, what, did <laughs> you make, what did you make, speaking of big invoices, <laughs> what did you make of Cristiano Ronaldo? He walked off the pitch before the final whistle. Does that hint a little bit of tension in the camp yeah. involving him and maybe the hierarchy? Yeah, well, you mentioned the regularity in which we're speaking these days. Our conversation, what, hours ago, it feels like, about Cristiano Ronaldo, about the unease between both club and player because of his lack of involvement. He, he clearly still thinks he can do a very decent job for Manchester United. And lo and behold, 24 hours after we speak, 48 hours after we speak, He's in the headlines again for all the wrong reasons, for leaving Old Trafford before the end of the game. He he started against Tottenham, and United looked very, very good, actually. That They were very impressive in that victory. They beat Spurs 2-0. All right, Tottenham were nowhere near their best, but still, very good performance. He was substituted, Cristiano Ronaldo, and he left in the 89th minute. He walked out, walked down a tunnel, and we thought, oh, okay, we've said before, maybe he'll just disappear into the dressing room. But no, he left, and Eric Ten Hag once again is having to is having to deal with all these questions about, well, what about his future? What happens now? And he said to the game, Ten Hag, the manager, I'll deal with it. We'll deal with it internally. It's not about today. We're celebrating this victory, but tomorrow we'll have to deal with it. But who knows? Who knows where the future lies? Um, because. He clearly wanted out in the summer. He doesn't seem particularly happy at the moment. So he is starting every now and again. He's not really scoring with the same 
irregularities he did or has been doing recently. But it's interesting, David, where this comes to an end and how this comes to an end, because Ronaldo is a big draw, I think, for clubs. But I think a lot of clubs now will look and say, do we really need this sort of drama that seems to follow mm. Cristiano Ronaldo around? And that's even before you get to wage demands and, and things like that. And it, it's interesting to know where he might go. And I think that'll be a problem for Ronaldo. Clubs perhaps aren't willing to take a 37-year-old twilight of his career. I think there's no doubt he's probably got a few years left in him because he keeps himself really fit. But I'm not sure where he goes from here. And yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how Eric Ten Hag deals with his latest situation and, and whether Cristiano Ronaldo remains a, a big part of this Manchester United side. We have to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely right. I think in terms of my personal view on it, surely as part of being a member of a team, you stay until the final whistle is blown in support of your teammates, doesn't it? It gives that impression, and it's been mentioned, that yeah. effectively he thinks he's bigger than the entire team and the entire franchise. Yeah, completely agree. And I, I don't think you'll find many that, that disagree with with that sentiment. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a legend of the game, like Cristiano Ronaldo undoubtedly is. The numbers speak for themselves. He's, he's in this battle, isn't he, with Lionel Messi to be described as the best player in the world. And, and you'll have your favourite. There'll be plenty that, that are in Messi's camp and plenty that are in Ronaldo's camp. It doesn't matter if you are Ronaldo or if you are a kid making your way in the game and maybe playing your very first ever game, you just do not leave. You support your team through thick and thin. And, yeah, it, it just does not look good and it does not sit right with, with anyone watching the game. And if you're a Manchester United fan, I think the sadness for United fans are that this was, and still is, a, a huge player in Manchester United's history. His first spell at the club, he was sensational. He won plenty. He won the Champions League. He won numerous Premier League titles. He got that big move to Real Madrid. And when he came back to Old Trafford, it did feel like, well, here we go, unfinished business. Manchester United, they've got Ronaldo back, and, and he might be the catalyst to lead them back into the Champions League. And it just hasn't really worked out that way. And it'll be such a shame if this relationship ends on a sour note, which it looks like it might do now. It, it will be a, a real shame. And, and yeah, if Eric Ten Hag, the manager... You're, you're, you really are, I think, at your wit's end with this because, yeah, you're having to answer questions every time on Ronaldo and not the team. And last night, it should have been about the team because they were very good. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this chapter ends. But the longer it goes on and the more Ronaldo makes the news for all the wrong reasons, you just feel that this relationship will have a, a, a sour end, which will be a shame. Just a last one on this issue. This It's probably a little bit over the top to say it would tarnish his legacy in a way, but the mud will stick for a while, won't it? Whenever you refer to Cristiano Ronaldo, that will probably get brought up for a little while to come. Absolutely, yeah. And his his recent antics will, will, will be remembered, as you say, for all the, the wrong reasons. Uh, and yet, yeah, maybe over time, when, when Ronaldo eventually does retire... Uh, I'm sure we'll all look back at his numbers and, and what he's won in the game and all the rest of it and think this was undoubtedly one of the game's greats. But you just, when you talk about the, the pantheon of greats in this game, and he will be mentioned at the top with plenty of players and, as mentioned, Lionel Messi, you just don't hear this sort of thing with Messi. And Messi strikes you as the, the, the far more all-rounded individual that that wouldn't do something like this. And you just wouldn't expect it from a player of Ronaldo's quality and calibre because he knows how it looks. He knows how all of this plays out. 
So yeah, I, I, my overriding emotion is it, it is a shame. I, I think when when when. When, whenever I'm asked about Ronaldo or Messi, I often think, well, we're just privileged to be in an era where we can watch both of them perform at the top level. So for this to happen, I just think it, it is just a shame because Ronaldo has provided us with so many wow moments that if this is the way that his career ends, then it, it's just really, really disappointing. Uh, he's separating himself from his team. He's separating himself from from a, a, a big club in Manchester United. Um, you know, he's almost 38, Damien. This is not a 21-year-old. This is a this is, this is a guy who is at the very much end of his career. You, you'd, think that, um, you'd think that in his mind he knows that this is not good and the optics don't look great. Uh, yeah, I, I think he'll, he has some work to do, I think, to repair that relationship with, with well, with, his, with Manchester United fans first and foremost. That's it. We're speaking with Chris Coles, direct from the UK, talking all things EPL. If you want to text in any observations or any questions, 0433981116, with thanks to Temper, Consumer's Choice winner, Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Going to the game itself, Man United defeating Tottenham 2-0. It's a big scalp. I know, as you said, Tottenham weren't at their best, but still a big scalp. What have been the main attributes which have turned things around this season for Man United? Because things were looking grim in the early weeks. Yeah, they, they really were, and, and we remember those those standout results very early on in Eric Ten Hag's tenure at, at Manchester United, in particular the 4-0 defeat at Bournemouth very early on. I, I think what surprised us, I remember actually, David, speaking to you at the start of the season when Manchester United had been uh, on tour where you are now in Australia, and, and they yep. toured that part of the world, and they looked pretty good. That they, they, they looked like a cohesive unit. That the, the players they brought in looked like quite smart additions to the side in, in Martinez at the back and, 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 and Rafael Varane had been there for a, for a little bit. They seem to be together and forming quite a, a decent partnership. Jadon Sancho looked like the player that Manchester United wanted to sign, i.e. a, a winger that, that terrorises defence and, and was very good for Borussia Dortmund. And then the start of the season, yeah, it all seemed to just slide away and Manchester United were guilty of all the problems that had been plaguing them. For so many years, they gave the ball away in, in horrendous positions. They didn't really look like a team. And then we throw in the, the Cristiano Ronaldo situation. It, it, it didn't look great. But recently now, they are starting to, to look like a team that can knock on the door of the top four. It's interesting that we mentioned Cristiano Ronaldo. He, he didn't start uh, yesterday. My apologies. He was an unused sub. He didn't start the game. Um, and actually, dare I say it, Manchester United look sometimes like a better team without Cristiano Ronaldo because that they are slowly getting there. David De Gea in goal looks, looks far more assured with the ball at his feet. The game against Brentford was one of his errors that led to the goal. He gave the ball away and Brentford scored. Uh, Martinez and Varane, as, as mentioned, they're looking like a good centre-back pairing. Now, Casemiro, the Real Madrid signing, is a big signing. He's taking his time to get into the team, but in that midfield role, he looks like the player that, well, won all those titles and Champions Leagues with Real Madrid. Fred is improving and scoring goals. Anthony, the signing from Ajax, looks a very good player. And Bruno Fernandes last night was also back to his best when he's controlling games, when he's conducting the orchestra in front of him. He looks like such an organiser, and he, he was probably the man of the match last night. Um, and as mentioned, Jadon Sancho looks like he's slowly getting there. Marcus Rashford looks back to somewhere near his, his best, or at least his belief and confidence is returning. Throw all of those things together, and you get a Manchester United side that can mix it with the very best in this league. It's just a case of whether they can now keep this going. With some interesting games coming up, they've got Chelsea, 
away from home next. Chelsea still unbeaten under Graham Potter. And then in the Premier League, it's games against West Ham, Aston Villa, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Wolves, Bournemouth. So there are the games that you think if you're Manchester United, yep, you target maximum points and see where that gets you because they're not a million miles away from it all. That's right. You mentioned West Ham in that stretch. They went down to Liverpool. It was a great individual performance from Darwin Nunes as well. He secured that 1-0 win. He started to become a cult figure, isn't he? Yeah. The way he plays, he's just box office Darwin Nunez. You just suspect that the goals he scores for Liverpool are, are not going to be dull. Uh, it was a very, very good goal that he scored against West Ham last night. He, he had a couple of audacious efforts as well that, that had they gone in, we'd have been talking about for, for weeks and weeks. And he just plays with that, 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 that glorious swagger that we, 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 I think, love to see sometimes. I think he's one of those players that he plays for your side you think, yeah, we absolutely love him. And if you're against him, you you, you, you turn him into a bit of a villain because he's got that that nasty streak. And we actually saw it to his detriment a couple of weeks ago when um, when he was sent off uh, for uh, headbutting. I think it was Joachim Anderson, wasn't it? Crystal Palace's Joachim Anderson a few weeks ago. But since then, he's he's really found his, his feet at, at Liverpool and he's scoring some excellent goals. He, he got one in the 7-1 demolition of Rangers in the Champions League a couple of weeks ago, scored against Arsenal. And then last night, scored against West Ham. When I think Liverpool are at their best and they're creating chances and, and Salah's getting back to where he was, yes, Liverpool have been hit with injuries, so Diego Jota now is out for a fair while, but Roberto Firmino is coming back to, to good form. Uh, Salah, is, as mentioned, and Nunez looking decent. The youngsters are, are beginning to stake a claim in the side too, the likes of Fabio Carvalho and Harvey Elliott as well. But if Liverpool can find a, a number nine like Darwin Nunez, he can play on the left and he has played there regularly. But if he can play down the middle, target man, focal point, be the person that Liverpool rely on and take the burden off Mo Salah, then I think Liverpool have a, a real star on their hands and, and throw in a little bit of stardust that he undoubtedly has. Yeah, he's one to keep an eye on. And I think a player that when you see him on the starting lineup, you think, yeah, we're going to get something today. We don't know what it might be. It could be a red card. It could be a hat-trick. Um, but he's going to keep us on the edge of our seats. And those are the kind of players that we absolutely love. Gray from Darwin says, yeah, like where Liverpool are at right now, Darwin Nunez, a goal-scoring foundation stone. Thank you, Gray, at listing there all the way up in Darwin. Now, just in relation to another result, Everton suffered their third consecutive loss. The Toffees, they went down to Newcastle. How do they turn things around at the moment? Yeah, it, it, it's it's concerning for Everton because it feels like we've been here before and they're, and they're going through exactly what they went through last season where they struggled for large parts of the campaign. They replaced the manager. Frank Lampard comes in, uh, keeps the club up, and it was hoped that a summer of rebuilding and a summer of spending might get Everton away from the relegation zone and, and where a position to where they feel they should be, which is a club of Everton's history and a club of Everton's stature towards the top end of the table. We remember under David Moyes for, for large parts of his tenure, he was getting them up into the European places and they were challenging and there was talk of Everton breaking into the, the top four, but that they found it very, very difficult. It, it's a situation, I think, if you're an Everton fan, where you look at the teams that you're playing and think, OK, we have to be a little bit realistic, perhaps. The last three games all been losses, but to Manchester United, Tottenham and Newcastle. Tottenham and Newcastle both away from home. We know Tottenham are very strong, especially at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It, it's, it's been fan, the foundation, really, of, of Spurs' good season so far. It's why they're third in the league and four points off top. 
Newcastle, well, we all know about Newcastle and we all know about their spending and we all know about the team that Eddie Howe has developed at St. James's Park. It's very, very good. And now that that city is absolutely buzzing with its football club again, it's not always been the case. The years under Mike Ashley, the owner, fans were really, really frustrated at the way it was being run. There's lots of controversy, clearly, about the Saudi Arabian takeover. But parking that football side... It's a joy to watch Newcastle at the moment, and they're scoring brilliant goals. They've got an excellent team. Miguel Almiron, his goal last night was superb. But throw in the the, the quality of, of Bruno Guimaraes, the goals of Callum Wilson, uh, Joel Linton seems to be completely reinvented under Eddie Howe. This is a very, very good Newcastle team. It's no surprise they're currently sixth in the Premier League table, and they're on an excellent run of form. So if you're Everton, you look and think, OK, those three teams, difficult. But the game's coming up, Palace at home, Fulham away, Leicester at home, Bournemouth away, Wolves at home. What a run that is. That is a run that Frank Lampard needs to pick up points. And I think if you look at the last three games, yes, they might have lost. Take Tottenham out because Everton, yes, they had their moments, but Tottenham always felt like they were in control of that game. They've, they've been in games, and their team is a good team to compete at this level. Throw in Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's slowly getting back to full fitness. He started, I think, for the first time this season, last night at Newcastle, played 73 minutes, getting back up to full fitness. And I think Everton will be fine. I, I can't see them getting into the kind of trouble that they did last season. And I suspect that over the course of the next four or five games, they will pick up the points required to pull themselves out of trouble. And if they don't, and Everton face a problem like they had last season, well, interesting. We'll see what happens with Frampard and we'll see what happens with the World Cup. As mentioned to you last time, Damien, this is the big unknown, I think, for lots of these clubs. Yeah. What do you do if you're struggling before the World Cup? Well, do you get rid of your manager to give you a month to find a new one? Do you hope that the break for the World Cup does the team good and you can come back at Christmas and hit the ground running? Fascinating to see what happens. But for Everton, I still think they'll be okay. But clearly, there's a big few weeks ahead. That's it. So maybe some light at the end of the tunnel for all the Toffees fans out there. Speaking with Chris Coles, direct from the UK. Just a couple of matches to come in this worky week. Fulham take on Aston Villa and their marksman Mitrovic is back. How much of an impact does he have and does it change the complexion of the game? I think you might have dropped out. That's probably the fifth time we've had a drop out tonight. Let's try him again. Chris, have we got you? No, I think Chris has dropped out. So what we might do is we'll take a break. More to come on the other side of the Sporting Capital, 0433-981116. The text you can give us a call as well, one 736 Just off the SMS here, Daryl from Ballarat says, 25-year member I am, a Geelong 25-year member. Just checking in on the Richmond person that rang up in round 17 and said that Richmond would win all of their games and beat Geelong in the finals. Ha-ha, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Daryl. So there you go, a bit of fight there off the text machine, which is fair enough. 0433-981116, as I said, to text in. We'll take a break. More to come on the Sporting Capital after this. Welcome back. Damien Watson here with you. I think we've got Chris Coles back on the line to talk things EPL, all things EPL. There we go. He's up. Chris, uh, sorry about all that. Hello. Just uh, bring you back no, for don't a worry. couple of questions. Fulham take on Aston Villa. Mm. I was just going to say, their marksman, Fulham Mitrovic, returning to the side. How big of an impact is that? Do you think it changes the complexion of the game and the result? Yeah, well, Fulham would much rather have him than not. No question. And he has been very impressive. Yeah, this season, he's one of those players, and even he must get so sick of it, 
labelled as a player that can do it in the championship, but not in the Premier League. He is prolific in the championship. He often scores between 20 and 50 goals whenever he's played at the second tier level. And then when he's in the Premier League, he doesn't quite replicate it. This time, however, he is replicating 11 goals already this season. He's been fantastic for uh, for Fulham. Three of those did come for Serbia um, against Sweden, but he still has eight, which is a, a more than commendable tally at this stage of the season. And he's very, very important for, for Fulham. And they were mightily relieved to have him on the weekend. There were doubts over his involvement, uh, but he played and he scored a penalty in a two-all draw against Bournemouth. And he will be, I'm sure, a prominent part of, of Fulham's team for their game against Aston Villa this evening. And it's a big one for Villa because Stephen Gerrard, legendary Liverpool player, had really well at Rangers as a manager, got the job at Aston Villa, but it's safe to say that it hasn't really gone to plan for him. He's over a year in charge now, and Villa haven't really kicked on to the kind of levels that the very ambitious owners want the club to be at. They've spent money, they've got some big players in, Philip Coutinho being the main one, really, in terms of, of, of quality, or at least in terms of a worldwide name, but he's not playing well at the moment. And Villa are struggling, which is why Gerard is very much under pressure and he needs to find results quickly because the Premier League table does not look great for Villa, only just above the relegation zone. And, and if results don't go their way in the next couple of weeks, they could easily find themselves inside the relegation zone. They're without a win in, in three. They got fairly laboured draws against Leeds and Nottingham Forest and they lost to Chelsea at Villa Park. And their run of games, big two, Fulham, Brentford, Newcastle. So this is a really interesting game for Fulham. And if you're Marco Silva, you're very happy with the start you've made to the season. You're sitting pretty much mid-table. You were widely tipped for, for relegation. They've, they've come a bit of a yo-yo club, Fulham, and they go up, they come, they go down, they come back up, they go back down. This year, they seem to have a, a squad that is capable of, of staying in the Premier League. And if they are to, then, yeah, as mentioned, Alexander Mitrovic is, is very much key to that. So yeah, really interesting game at, at Craven Cottage this evening or later later on for you guys. Yeah, in the very very early parts of the morning. Now, just lastly, Leicester mm. take on Leeds. Leeds, I think the supporters feel a little bit hard dubbed by their loss to Arsenal, but maybe this could be an opportunity to channel their frustration into a big win. Surely they beat Leicester here pretty easily. Well, you think so, because Leeds, despite losing the game against Arsenal, were in second half All right, I think that's the sixth time uh, we've had a dropout tonight. Uh, I'll tell you what, we might leave it there with Chris. Have we got you back? Hello, can you hear me? We got you back. Uh, go ahead, sorry, Chris, it dropped out again. Oh, hello. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it brief just in case. Uh, yeah, Leeds, they, they played very well against Arsenal. They, they, they deserve to get something from the game. Patrick Bamford... Mr. Penalty, had they got that and got a point, then no one would have grumbled. So they're playing well enough to win games. Leicester, well, bottom of the table. I'm not sure many saw that coming. We talk of Stephen Gerrard being under pressure. Uh, no question Brendan Rodgers is under pressure as Leicester City manager. This is a team that for the last few years have been right towards the top end of the table, qualifying for the Europa League, very close to qualifying for the Champions League. Of course, they won the thing back in 2016. It's not where Leicester want to be. And you, you do fear for them if they don't get a result tonight. They are at home, so that is a, a clear benefit. Although the atmosphere at the King Power Stadium, as you can imagine, is not ideal and not great. 
So this is a really, really interesting game. If Leeds can start well, turn the crowd, then I think they can go on and win the game. But Leicester, we know they have it in them to, to play well. They, they thrashed local rivals Nottingham Forest 4-0 uh, the other day. They got a 0-0 draw against Crystal Palace in their last game at home. It was pretty uninspiring, but it was something to build on. So if Brendan Rodgers can, can keep that defensive solidity and get the team scoring further up the field, then it could be interesting. But yeah, fascinating because Leeds themselves not really where they want to be. They've got a couple of games in hand on the teams above them. If they were to win them, they'd be right up there in the top 10. But as it stands, they're just a poor, they, well, they're level on points, actually, with Villa and Wolves. They're only outside the relegation zone uh, by virtue of goal difference. So, yeah, a couple of really interesting games this evening. They might not have the glamour of some of the, the games at the top end of the table, but considering that the teams playing one another are all towards the bottom end of the table, even though we're very early on in the season, yeah, it does have the feel of, a, of an important evening. Oh, Chris, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for talking all things English Premier League with us and all the best up there in the UK as the weather starts to get a bit cooler. Oh, thanks, Damien. Yeah, end it on a good note, won't you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Very much, uh, very much enjoy chatting as always, and I'll speak soon. Good on you. Chris Coles joining us here from the BBC. We will take a break. Damien Watson here with you on the Sporting Capital. More to come on the other side. Just quickly, Namibia currently 5 for 49 after nine overs. They're trying to chase down a target of 149, so it looks as if the UAE should get the job done. They're halfway through the innings virtually, and they still need another 100 runs to claim. So I can't see it happening given they've lost five wickets already and they're into their middle order. So... We'll wait and see, but I'll definitely keep you up to date just from an NBL point of view as well. Melbourne United in action against the Cairns Taipans. Melbourne United led for much of the first half and a bit. Cairns overtook them in the third period and really ran away to claim a scalp. 81 to 77 over Melbourne United. And despite the early optimism, Melbourne United go down again. So questions to be asked. And Cairns, they're in pretty good form at the moment. Earlier on in the evening, the South East Melbourne Phoenix defeated the New Zealand Breakers 99 to 77 in pretty convincing fashion. They led for much of the match in always dictated terms, it's fair to say. Now, we'll throw this out to the listeners just as we head to the break. Given the potential for Ross Lyon to coach St Kilda again, what are the best returns to an original club or organisation in sport that you can think of throughout history? Feel free to call in one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts, or you can text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Think back. Doesn't necessarily have to be the best. It can be the worst as well. Best or worst returns to an original club. Any sports person could be an administrator as well. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll discuss that on the other side. You're listening to the Sporting Capital. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.